0: Bye.
1: we're back. After one week absence, we are back with a brand new episode. It is one about a great controversial goal in FIFA World Cup history. It is the Diego Maradona hand of God goal. And we're going to dive into it this week. So let's get right to it. So, once again, we are back. We took a little hiatus, and by hiatus means I took a week off. Uh, I had a death in the family. Um, And so, you know, we just kind of dimmed the lights as a show of respect. Uh, But this week, we kind of moved back on. Uh, Grandma W. would want it that way. She was a hard worker, like, all her life. Like I said on my Instagram post, she had a work ethic that I could dream of. Um, so we're going to keep on pushing on for her. Uh, and so this week we have another really interesting controversy. It is the Hand of God goal by Diego Maradona that happened in the World Cup. Uh, but before we get into that, let's do because, you know, the last episode I put out was a Wild Card weekend preview. And let me say this. I went undefeated in my picks. It was great. I was really mad. I didn't bet any of them Uh, because you know I picked all chalk which you know surprise surprise that one except I picked the 49ers I mentioned in that I thought the 49ers were going to be a bad matchup for the Green Bay Packers and lo and behold it turned out to be true Uh, once again I'm filming this after the divisional round probably some of the best football games I've ever seen Or at least intense. I don't know if some of them were the best, but they were really intense. That Chiefs-Bills game might be the best game I've ever seen. Uh, But we'll do kind of like a quick breakdown. That Titans-Bengals game was a really interesting game where Joe Burrow, I don't know how he was standing at the end of that game. Gets sacked nine times. Offensive lines just like, I felt like Simmons was just in the backfield every other 10 seconds just taking down Joe Burrow. But when Joe Burrow needed to make make a play, him, Jamar Chase, they found a way, a way to make a play. And Ryan Tannehill found a way to throw away that game. And then Evan McPherson just going out there, telling Joe Burrow, like just on a practice kick with his legs, be like, Yep, yeah, looks like we're going to the AFC title game. Ultimate swag, uh, like just moment for a kicker. And he was the only other kicker with a great moment this weekend. Uh then we move on. I'm doing these. Uh, I'm doing these. Actually, I ended up doing them in chronological order. I wasn't meaning to, but I did. So first, the Titans fall. No one's really kind of surprised. You still have Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback, and no matter what Ryan Tannehill does, he'll never shake off those years in Miami. You know what? He's had a couple good years in Tennessee, but he's still that kid out of Texas A&M who converted from a wide receiver. So it is what it is. Derrick Henry did not look healthy. The offense never looked in sorts. And then Tannehill with some bad, just some bad interceptions. Uh, we move on to the Packers and the 49ers. Like I said, I thought the 49ers were going to be a bad matchup defensively and running the ball. Defensively, ended up being true. Uh, besides the first drive and the one broken play to Aaron Jones, Packers really couldn't move the ball. They scored 10 points. Uh, their special teams unit, which was ranked worse in the NFL, you know, proceeded to live up to his expectations of being terrible. Uh, they got a field goal blocked that would have put them up, uh, you know, they gave them an extra three points. And then, uh, of course the big play of the game punt gets blocked and the the thing that was crazy about that is, like, no one knew where the ball was. Everyone's looking around. No one's really moving. Then it finally hits the ground, and it's just a bunch of 49ers going to get it. And it kind of just looked like the Packers were just like, oh, God. Because, you know, with special teams, like, it's never really – there's maybe, like, one or two guys who, like, significantly play on offense or defense who are on the special teams, and the rest of those guys are the guys who fill up the 53-man roster. And they're like, oh, God, everyone's been telling us we're terrible all year – And then we do this. And then Aaron Rodgers, who once again, I'm a Bears fan. Aaron Rodgers has ruined my life. I'm sitting there with four minutes and I was like, Aaron Rodgers had like, it wasn't a terrible game. It wasn't a great game. I'm like, he's going to go down and score three and out. And then Jimmy G, who was throwing ducks all game, like trying to throw pick sixes. There were at least three or four pick sixes that the Packers could have had if their guys were looking up for the ball instead of just driving through for a tackle. Once again, you can't knock on the Packers' defense. The Packers' defense let up six points. They let up two field goals. No one on the Packers' defense should feel even remotely guilty about this game. Uh, But the last drive, uh, there's a great pass from Jimmy G to Kittle. Then he has a nice little pass to Debo Samuel. And then third and seven... Where, which is the craziest play to me, where the Packers know they don't want to throw the ball. The 49ers know they don't want to throw the ball. So what do you do? You just hand it off to your best player and just like, hopefully you can get seven yards. And Depot Samuel does and then hobbles off the field. They get a few more yards and then uh, Bears legend uh, Robbie Gold comes out and he kicks a 45-yard field goal to end the Packers season. Uh, I'm not going to hide my bias. I was super stoked to see the Packers lose, and I was super stoked um, that Robbie Gold did it. Once again, is it pathetic that, like, that's what I have to celebrate because my team is so bad? Yes, but it's not as bad because I can admit it. Uh, Then you got the Rams. uh, The Rams. uh, The Rams-Buccaneers game. Uh, Rams pulled out early lead. Buccaneers the offensive line being hurt worse being gone that D-line was getting to Brady and he had nothing and then just the Rams just started making silly mistakes turnovers Jalen Ramsey who like so they start throwing a Mike Evans and Jalen Ramsey's like I'm gonna come over I'm gonna guard Mike Evans gets beaten on a bomb you can't be an all-pro corner pull another guy off another dude say I'm gonna guard him get burned for that big of a touchdown you just can't And then all of a sudden, it's still, you're just like, oh, whatever. It's 20, it's 20 to 27, I believe the score was. Like, this game's still over. Cam Akers fumbles. And you're like, oh my God. And they get it down. And then the fourth and one call where Tom Brady, you know, for Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's the king of the quarterback sneak. Everyone in the world is thinking quarterback sneak. I am too. And they hand it off to Leonard Fournette and he runs it in. You're like, oh my God. Brady's doing it again we're going to overtime this is the Atlanta Super Bowl all over again and then Matt Stafford makes a couple big throws including a dime to Cooper Cup to set up a 30 plus yard chip shot and you know the Rams move on I'm happy for Matt Stafford I have no ill will towards the Bucks, so I really didn't have a horse in that race um, I like Matt Stafford though so good for him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out between the 49ers and the Rams. And then the game of the night, the century, whatever you want to go with. Bills-Chiefs. And I will be completely honest. I was pulling for the Bills. I love Josh Allen. I have a very one-sided bromance because he does not know what I exist. And it was an amazing game. Back and forth. Like the two-minute warning. Just, you know, back and forth. Tyreek runs off a giant... Run and you're like, well, this game's over. Wait a minute. Josh Allen's got a minute and three left. He gets it down. Gabriel Davis touchdown, 13 seconds left. And I still remember Romo sitting there and he's like, oh, what an amazing win for Buffalo. And even I'm, you know, there's a TikTok and viral video going around about like, there's a, I think it was a Kansas City, like, I don't know if he's a kid or at least just a Kansas City fan who's like, they still got a chance. And I said the same thing. I'm like, Patrick Mahomes has 13 seconds with three timeouts to get in field goal range very possible and he does they get it and the second I was just like whoever gets the ball first is gonna win and Mahomes did I'm gutted for Buffalo I'm gutted for Josh Allen that defense you know what you should be ashamed of yourselves 13 seconds left and like once again it's on coaching you should squib that kick And then also, like, there's prevent defense, and then there's whatever the hell they were running. And it was just awful. And congratulations, Chiefs fans. You guys have become unlikable, which is a positive sign for you. Because that means you have made it. When you have made it to a point where your franchise is like, oh my god, I can't stand this franchise anymore. Like, you've made it. Uh, you, even though you're like your peak super fans are like very, you got Paul Rudd, but you got Nick Wright and Nick Wright is the most obnoxious person in sports. So feel bad for Buffalo. There's no denying Patrick Mahomes greatness, but his fiance and brother are terrible. (laughs) So, uh, we got Bengals versus the chiefs. And then we got 49ers versus the Rams. Uh, If I'm picking with my heart, I want it to be Bengals and 49ers. If I'm picking with my head, I'm going Rams probably versus Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Uh, We'll see how it turns out. It was probably the most entertaining weekend of football I've ever seen. I don't know how the NFC and AFC title games are going to live up to it. But we'll find out. Uh, The things that we learned from this is just that the AFC... I think my biggest takeaway from this weekend is just how tough the AFC is going to be. People talk about Aaron Rodgers leaving, and a lot of the teams they mention are all in the AFC. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers, do I really want to go to the AFC? Do I really want to deal with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, I am sorry, Bengals fans, that I said his name fifth, I didn't mean to, I don't have a piece of paper in front of me, like, Joe Burrow, do you want to deal with those guys, like, I wouldn't want to, you know, Mac Jones, we'll see how he develops, like, I don't know if you really want to go the AFC, David Carr, da- uh, David Carr, Am I think of David Carr? Derek Carr, I'm sorry. Derek Carr, had a pretty good year. Do you want to deal with him? Eh, you probably don't mind out of all the guys I've mentioned so far dealing with him. You basically don't want to deal with, basically, the AFC West, except for maybe, Yeah, you don't mind, like, no one knows what the Broncos are doing, but, like, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, some people are saying Pittsburgh, okay, AFC North's a little bit open. So, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm really interested to see that. But that's kind of just, like, my little divisional playoff recap once again. I really wanted the Bills to win. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm a Bears fan. I really have no, like, real horse in this race. But I do, I'm a huge, I really like Josh Allen. It started out as I loved him for fantasy football. Then I watched a ton of him. I just love how he plays because he's, he plays how I play Madden. But just, like, better and then in real life. So, It is what it is. So with that out of the way, we are gonna get into uh, the Diego Maradona Hand of Goal, Hand of God Goal game. So first, uh, let's give a little background information. So before we can talk about the hand of God goal, I think it's important that we talk about the man behind the goal. No, we're not talking about God. Uh, We're talking about Diego Maradona, uh, who maybe he thought of himself as God. I don't know. Uh, Diego Maradona is an interesting dude. He's super fascinating, actually. It's probably a better word to describe him. Uh, Like, when doing research on him, like, I don't think he's a diva, but he's definitely got a few diva-ish qualities. Uh, he's the second, like, you know, European football player, soccer player, depending on where you're listening to, um, that I found who, like, refers to himself in the third person, which is very funny to me. Uh, Zlatan does it, but Zlatan's, like, a whole nother level. Uh, but Diego Maradona, he was born into, like, a small town near Buenos Aires. Uh, he was the first boy after four girls, and his family had it rough, and kind of instantly, As he was developing, like, as a kid, like, they saw that he was super talented in soccer. And his whole entire, like, family's, like, hopes and dreams were basically put on his shoulders, which is ridiculous pressure for a kid, like, athletics, all that stuff. Like, when you think about that pressure and, like, stuff that family gives up for you, like, you understand, like, when you see, like, I remember I saw the 30 for 30 when I was talking about all the athletes that had gone broke, and, you know, a bunch of them said, like, you know, someone, you know, so and so helped me get out of this situation, that. And I felt like I had to take care of them. And these, all these people who, like, they give back, but then, like, don't know when to say no. So, Diego Maradona, you know, definitely had that pressure on him. Um, I'm not saying this happened to Diego Maradona, I don't, I don't know his financials. Um, I did see in his research there was a tax thing, but I feel like with every European soccer player, there's like a tax problem. Like Messi's had like three or four. I know, you know, Ronaldo's had a few. I feel like it's just like probably moving from country to country is a pain in the ass for taxes. So I feel like all the time I see it on the bottom ticker for ESPN. It's like, oh, someone's, you know, possibly going to get in trouble. Like and they never go to jail or anything. They, they will figure out whatever the fine is and they pay it. Uh, But Diego Maradona, he goes, and lo and behold, he's amazing. So he goes pro at 16 and quickly earns himself the nickname the Golden Boy. And that is because he wins so many championships along the way. Most importantly, he wins a World Cup in 1986, and we'll talk more about that later. Um, He's a midfielder. Uh, He's the number 10 player. For those of you who don't know what that means, in soccer, number ten is the equivalent of being wearing number twenty-three in basketball. It's like if you wear the number twenty-three on your high school team or middle school team, you are the best player. That's what you're saying on the court, um, you know. And in a soccer field, it's number ten. So he was amazing. He had three hundred thirty-eight career goals. Uh, In four World Cups, he had nine goals total, which is, you know, may not seem like a lot, but is actually really good. And including in 1986, he had five goals the year they won. So he is one of two players to win the FIFA Player of the 20th Century Award. It was him and Pele. And the voting was hilarious. So um, the FIFA Award was split into two ways of voting there was a fan internet vote and then there was the people who like write the magazine the fifa like magazine and the fifa magazine they voted for pele and then overwhelmingly like over 50 percent the fan voting went to diego maradona because he is like beloved in argentina and by so many like other people Um, He's known as one of the best, like, scorers, ball handlers, dribblers, free kickers of all time. If you watch his highlights, it's him just weaving in and out of defenders. Um, We're going to talk about the hand-of-God goal, but his – like, he has an amazing goal that happens. uh, The second goal of that game that he does in the knockout stage against England, um, in which he basically just weaves, you know, between five different English defenders and scores – and it was voted as, like, the greatest goal, like, one of the greatest goals of all time. Uh, but we're obviously not here to talk about that one. We're here to talk about the controversial one. Um, but how good is Diego Maradona? How well is he loved and respected? Well, first of all, like I said, there's statu- – like, he gets the nickname The Golden Boy. And with that, there are tons of statues of him, like, gold-painted. I assume they're gold-painted. I assume they're not all gold. But there's golden statues of him everywhere. And he is still the – no pun intended, gold standard in Argentina. So right now, the current, you know, you know, one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world, is Lionel Messi from Argentina. And no matter what Lionel Messi does, he is always compared to Diego Maradona. And everyone says, well, you haven't won a World Cup like Diego Maradona did. Diego Maradona is always that looming shadow for Lionel Messi. It is kind of the best American equivalent is Michael Jordan and LeBron. Lionel Messi can show all of his goals, all the trophies he's won, just like LeBron with all his stats and how great of a career he's had. But no matter what, you know, with LeBron, we always say, well, you didn't, wear, you didn't win six titles like Michael Jordan. And same with, you know, Lionel Messi. People say for, for him, he's like, well, you didn't win a World Cup like Diego Maradona. So that's always kind of held against him, which, you know, I always feel bad for Lionel Messi that way. No matter what he does, he's never in his own home country. It's like he's always, they're always giving him a hard time, which, you know, I, you know, kind of explains maybe why he plays so far away from home, but who knows. Um, But then to make matters worse. So once again, we've made that comparison of LeBron and Michael Jordan. So let's imagine at, you know, the peak of LeBron not winning a title. So before, let's say when he went to the heat, let's say that Michael Jordan came out of retirement and became his coach. Could you imagine the pressure that like LeBron would be under, literally having to sit in the literal shadow of the guy he's compared to and try to win a title? It would have been ridiculous for LeBron. Well, that happened to Lionel Messi. Diego Maradona, after his playing career was over, once again, 338 goals a fantastic career, fantastic World Cup career. After his, you know, playing days were done, he became a manager. He was a fine manager, nothing to write home about. At one point, he did become the the Argentinian national team coach. And who was on that team? Lionel Messi at the peak of his powers. And, at, you know, some people are, you know, and, you know, Argentina were like, you have, you know, the old, you know, the, the king and his heir apparent. And it just didn't work. And just constantly people were just sitting there being like, this is the guy who did it. Learn from him. And some people were arguing like, the game has changed. And like, it didn't seem like there was any strategy. I remember watching that World Cup and it was basically like, you know, they were playing it like how you would maybe play FIFA or something. Like, okay, give it to your best player and hope that he can, you know, go around nine people and score a goal. And like, that's not how it works. Um, and that's the thing that's still held against Lionel Messi. You know, he didn't win the year that he was coached by Diego Maradona and he hasn't won a World Cup ever. Uh, he did make it to a final, but they lost. Um, it's, you know, crazy. You know, I would think there would be more like it's just right now. I don't know. Maybe if they're just in a transition stage, but like all the years I've seen the World Cup, Argentina has never been like the team to beat. So that's always been interesting to me. But yeah, Diego Maradona is a legend and an icon in Argentina. And in soccer. But for all the good things he's done, one of the things he's most well known for isn't wouldn't make him famous. It's more of infamous. And that is the hand of God goal that took place during the 1986 FIFA World Cup. So the 1986 World Cup took place in Mexico and the group draw for Argentina actually was pretty good. Um, they avoided the group of deaf. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, so the World Cup, they kind of, it's a lottery system for like, once they know everyone who's qualified for the World Cup, they pick these different groups. And so usually, so in, out of the groups, st- like in the group, there's four teams in the group and only two of those teams then move on to the knockout stage. And then it's just like a straight up tournament. The group stage is like a round robin. Everyone plays each other. So sometimes in these groups, there is something called a group of death. And the group of death is like when there's three or four really good teams all in one group. And so then two of these good teams are for sure going home. Sometimes you get lucky and it's just like you and maybe one other good team against playing like two lower teams that barely qualified. Uh, But sometimes, yeah, you get unlucky and you get a situation where it's like you, Spain, Brazil, Germany, if that's your group, you're in the group of death. Um, but no, Argentina lucks out. It's them, South Korea, Italy, and uh, Bulgaria. So Italy's the only one who's kind of you know pretty who is you know who would be considered like a soccer superpower. Um, so they win the group stage though. They win Group A. So uh, they beat uh, South Korea three to one. Then they tie with Italy one to one, and they beat Bulgaria two nothing. So they move on to the knockout stage, and they play Uruguay first. Uh, they beat Uruguay 1-0 to set up a game against the English on June 22nd. And for those of you been listening, you're probably like, when is this goal going to happen? Well, we're finally here. So in the game, uh, what happens is Argentina gets the ball, and they're clearing from their own end, and they pass it up past midfield. And it gets to Diego Maradona, and he's like halfway between – Uh, like the penalty area and the center spot. So he gets the ball, he makes a good move towards the middle, and then he kind of passes it out towards his man who's on the kind of right edge of the penalty box. So uh, the Argentinian player loses the ball, and then the English player gets it and kind of flicks it back towards his own goal. I am still curious by watching this video if that is where the English defender meant to kick the ball because as someone who's played, you know, soccer, like number one rule, don't pass it in front of your own goal. And like anyone who's played a sport with a goal, like that is like number one rule and hockey, same thing. Like unless you really have to like, don't pass it in front of the goal. So I wonder if he meant to flick it back to his own goalie kind of to clear it out or it was kind of he was taking it away from the Argentinian player, and that's just kind of where the ball ended up going. So, the ball is being flicked in the air. So it's kind of like a it's like a for a flick. If you don't know what that, means kind of like a small lob, basically. The ball's in the air. All the while this is happening, when Diego Maradona passed it off, he's kind of looking for like a give and go. So he's making a beeline straight through the middle towards the goal. So this ball is in the air. And the goalie's going for it, and so is Diego Maradona. And if you watch the video with the naked eye, you see the ball, appearingly, glance off Diego Maradona's head as he flicks his head back, and it goes into the goal. Diego Maradona celebrates, and it's like, all right, big goal for Argentina. But you see all the English players, and they're all just, like, grabbing their hands. Like, do they wonder if there's offsides? No, they're all saying he hit the ball with his hand. And you're like, if you... If you were going into this with no idea of what I was talking about, you might, from the first camera angle, be like, what are they saying? But then they show another. And in that camera angle, you can clearly see Diego Maradona kind of like pops up the ball, just barely. And that's what makes the ball go in, because he pops it up with his hand. He uses his hand. He illegally uses his hand to score a goal. And this is where I need to stop and give credit to Diego Maradona. First of all, I can't read his mind. I don't know if he was thinking all the way through this play of, like, how much he should hit it. Should he, you know, should he flick his head back? All those things that he did in a split second is genius. He flicks his head back just enough. That would make you think that he just got a little bit of the ball. And then he hits the ball in a way that would, like, look like a corresponding amount of force that you get from the flick that he got. Like, if he would have spiked the ball like a volleyball, like, you'd clearly be like, okay, something's up, because, like, the way you hit your head, it doesn't look like you got that much on it. But he pops it up just enough, and he sells it perfectly, that the refs buy it. So, you know, I blame the ref. Like, well, for, like, obviously, you gotta blame Diego Maradona. He's the one who did it. But... You got to blame the refs for being in bad position. And then they fell for it. Diego Maradona hits it with his hand. He scores. And then he starts playing off like a kid who is just getting away with something he knows he's not supposed to. Act natural. Act natural. Celebrate. What do you mean handball? You're crazy. And, you know, that's what happens. The English are obviously upset. And you can't blame them because they just it's the World Cup knockout stage. And the guy just used the one part of his body that you're literally not supposed to use. Um, but yeah, the game goes on actually and crazy. So like one of the most controversial goals of all time happens in this, but later on in the game, literally one of the most celebrated goals of all time happens in the same game that the hand of God goal happens is Diego Maradona's goal of the century. That is what it was voted on. It became goal of the century. Uh, and it's amazing. He gets the ball basically at center field. He splits two, not center field, at the center line. He splits two defenders. Then he outraces two uh, defenders on the right side of the pitch. And then he has two two Argentinian players on his left. He could easily pass it to either one. He doesn't. He then splits another two English defenders and then kind of does like a toe drag, you know, kind of like just kind of like (laughs) drags the ball around the goalie who kind of just dives in trying to get a stop, and he just tucks it in the back. And that's how they won the game. That's what eventually moved them on in the World Cup. So it's kind of crazy, like, the odds are that his most controversial goal would happen in the same that he'd have his best goal. Um, so the Argentina, like, Argentina wins, and they move on to the next round. And after the game, people ask about the goal, because, once again, uh Diego Maradona can deny it, like, you know, at the time or be like, oh, like, what are you talking about? But this is 1986. We're not back in like the 1950s. We can zoom in and see things. Um, So people ask him like, hey, like, did you use your hand? And this is the quote Diego Maradona uses. And I love it because it's like it's peak Maradona. Like you have some third person in it. He says a little with the hand, uh, a little with the head of Maradona and a little with the hand of God. Like, I love it. He's already being super cheeky about it. He's like, I don't know, did I do it? It's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock, you did it. Uh, We just want to know if you're going to say that you did it. Later on and like uh, later in his career, uh, he does go on TV and he does like admit. He's like, yeah, I did it. Um, But some people are like, well, that's a little too little too late uh, for you finally to admit that like you did this. But it kind of is what it is because, um, you know, the English players were like, okay, well, he says it doesn't count, so it shouldn't count, right? And FIFA's like, well, here's the problem. If we discount his goal, uh, what do we do with that World Cup? And this is what makes the Hand of God goal so much more important, because it wasn't just like a one-off weird goal, and then Argentina got knocked out later. Argentina then moves on to the next round. They beat Belgium 2 to nothing, and they go on to the final, And they beat West Germany 3-2 to win Argentina's first World Cup. So if you disallow that goal, you're then disallowing the 1986 World Cup. And FIFA doesn't want to do that. (laughs) So it's kind of like, yeah, we should have caught it, but too bad. Uh, And I think it's just so fascinating to think about that like the best, he's like one of the two best, like like he's considered like one of the two best players of all time, like at the time, you know? Once again, as time goes on, he might move down in rankings, but at the time he was. And his best moment is shrouded in controversy. Controversy, Jeez, I sounded like I was slurring my words there. It's, you know, it's got some controversy behind it. And once again, I hate to you know, compare everything to Michael Jordan, but he's always my best example. It's like, like to compare, so Diego Maradona wins his first title in part because he won a game against England because of an illegal goal. It would have been like in a second round, you know, matchup in the playoffs if, like, Michael Jordan, like, deliberately goaltended and won a game. Like, there's a little bit of, you know, there's a little bit of you know, negative that's hanging above that moment. It's like, hey, hey, like you won, but it's a little dirty here. But, you know, it is what it is. You can't take it away. And I think it's an amazing moment. And I think it, you know, moments like that have led to us like where we are in replay. Um, whether you like replay or not, it's kind of up to you and how they use it. And it's inconsistent in every sport. But, Stuff like this, I think about for, like, my own personal experiences, like the AJ Pruszynski, uh dropped, you know, third, you know, the dropped uh, third strike when the White Sox won the World Series. Uh, the Angels catcher, like, supposedly dropped the ball, and so AJ runs it at first, and then, uh, you know, the Angels are mad, but they call him safe at first. Uh, we put in Pablo Azuna, who steals second, and then Joe Creedy hits a double, and we win that game. Like people still bring that up. And you can't really blame them, because as a unbiased, like, well, as a very biased White Sox fan, I could say, like, that guy definitely caught that ball. (laughs) Like, A.J. Brzezinski was out. But I'll take the World Series. And that's kind of probably the same with Argentina. It's like, whatever. By hook or by crook. So, hey, win yourself a World Series. Diego Maradona goes down as a legend. So... I really hope you enjoyed hearing about this controversy because I loved it. I think it's super interesting, and I also just love these super huge like like I don't want to compare to this, but these soccer players, these you know European, you know uh, these South like Europe and South America, like these soccer players become gods basically. That's what like Diego Maradona became. And like, if you saw how the country mourned when he passed away, like, it was like, it seemed like their world had ended, which could show how much he was loved um, and how much he was revered for what he did in the sport. So even though, Diego Maradona, you did pull off a shady goal, you were one of the best of all time. So we won't hold that against you. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank everyone again for listening to another episode of Whatever Wando. Please follow us. Uh, follow us on social media. It's at Whatever Wando on Twitter or at Whatever Underscore Wando on Instagram. Um, and I want to thank everyone for being so supportive and understanding what I need to take a week off next uh, last week. Um, you know, because of a passing in the family, I really appreciate that. And I hope you guys, like I said, you enjoyed the episode, the Hand of God goal, and like the. International soccer scene is so fascinating, so I loved doing this and just, like, how everyone lives and dies in every goal. Uh, So I had a ton of fun with this. Learning more and more about Diego Maradona is so fascinating. Uh, I maybe might one day just do an episode about him because his life is nuts. Just, like, all the shit he did. Oh, my God, it was crazy. Uh, Things I don't need to know about him, but I I do know now. So maybe one day. I'll dive into that episode. But next week, we're going to get into another controversy. And you can kind of hear it in my voice. It's one that hits close to home. It's one of my favorite teams. And we're going to talk about the Black Sox scandal. And I'm going to do my best to stay unbiased. But we're going to talk about a scandal that has haunted one of my favorite teams for many years. And we're going to do that next week. So I will see you guys here next Wednesday. Take it easy. (laughs) Woo! <laughs>